Welcome to BizBody. I'm your host, Keith Shimon. What is at the core of every successful practice in business? Most people, when they're running their own practice, are trying to get by day to day. I mean, they're wearing many hats. They are the marketing director, and you are the head of sales, the customer service, the accountant, the IT director, and the delivery of the service itself. So most people running their practice just go from one thing to the next. They have difficulty defining what success actually is because the success that was defined by looking around them to figure out what success was rather than searching from within. Our next guest, Mike Bledsoe, believes if you don't know what makes you tick, you're always pushing towards everyone else's standards instead of your own. In this episode, we get into how we are conditioned to think this way and what we can actually do to move the needle in the right direction. Mike Bledsoe is a leadership and performance coach who specializes in developing coaches to actualize their full potential. He's the CEO of The Strong Coach, helping coaches build six and seven figure coaching businesses and co-founder of Training Camp for the Soul, an emotional resilience training program. He is also the co-founder of Enlifted, which is a communication course for coaches. Brandon and I invested in Mike's 90-day Strong Coach course during the pandemic. I've taken many courses in many different things, especially when it comes to being the technician in my business. This was entirely different where I really worked on myself and my needs, as well as Brandon and his needs. Diving deep into the understanding of what we want helps us forge the future of what we want to create. I hope that you find as many aha moments in this episode as I had. So enjoy the conversation with Mike Bledsoe. How have you been? Good. I've been, uh, been hanging out in the Bay Area um, and the Burbs, hanging out. Well, you've been all over the place. I mean, you went from, what, Utah, like in the sticks? Yeah, I was out in the middle of nowhere, Utah. It's like on a ranch. And then I was in San Diego for a week. And then I was up in Tahoe for a bit. Now I've been bouncing back and forth between the Bay and Tahoe. I thought I'd be able to find a house really easy there. Um, yeah. I guess everyone wants to live there, so. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> everyone has the same idea, you know? <laughs> Couldn't be that beautiful then. Bunch of assholes. Right? Yeah. <laughs> they have to ruin it for everybody. Yeah. Right? right? Yeah, so many. Actually, after being up there for a little bit, I, I realized I'm actually glad I didn't find anything right off the bat because I don't like how many people are up there. I think I'm going to go on the other side of the mountain and get a little more privacy. Yeah. Yeah, Spoiled with Utah. Huh? Did you, were you spoiled by Utah? Yeah. Yeah, I was. Yeah. Like me thinking about living out in the country, out in the sticks a bit was not appealing. And then COVID hit and I did the Utah thing because I was like, well, there's no point in being in the city when you can't, all the benefits of living in the city just vanished. So yeah. I was out in the country for two months straight and fell in love with it. I was like, Oh, I could do this. Yeah. This is nice. Yeah. yeah. I prefer it actually. For sure. For and sure, I, man. People are acting really, I don't like it. I really don't. I, I don't like being in the city and seeing like how 
people are behaving and just like just all of it the, the whole thing just seems more icky than it ever has before like what are what are some examples that like really popped out to you just the amount of fear that you see as soon as like you get more and more people in a more densely populated area and just like you can I, I can tell that it's like people are like avoiding me on sidewalks people are like wearing masks at the park and just like uh, uh people are ha just have varying opinions but like there's just like this yeah it's just yeah it, it's just really weird i don't like it so i'm just like and when i see people doing stuff that doesn't make any sense it bothers me i i just want to like <laughs> I, I like i i don't i'm not sure it's great for my mental health so it's like one thing it's one thing to be aware of it and help create solutions for it which is what i like to do but there's a point where i'm just like it just gets me i don't know i don't know yeah i think i think it's interesting to see though because even around here we're in wisconsin and you know the the more you go out where it's less dense people it's like it this isn't even going on right, right. but right. but when you get when you get into certain areas you definitely can tell like it's a it's a little more in the in the front minds of people than it than it would be other places and i think we're just lucky because we don't have like these huge bars and we have a lot of bars but we don't have Wisconsin like has these too many bars. gigantic you know nightclubs that you know you're seeing other people gather at and now you're seeing big influxes of you know people testing positive so yeah which means, you know, like we're still figuring out what that all even means. I mean, I have a, I have a type one diabetic wife. So yeah. when you have um, people with already pre-existing conditions, what does that even mean? I mean, you can look at um, New England Journal of Medicine, and and they're pumping out some really cool info for free and just subscribing to them. Um, but that that's still way up in the air. There's not enough data and info on things. Yeah. Well, and, and the other thing is, I mean, it's twofold being in a city is one is everything's denser. So if something is going to go wrong, it will go wrong there. Mm -hmm. uh, and so if you're out in the country and everyone's spread out, it's just less likely to spread. It's not going to be as bad. It's just just not as potent there. So yeah. you have that and then you have the attitude as well. And so mm -hmm. like in the city, it's like very used to following the rules, just being do doing just what you're told and like not really there's less like critical thinking going on and more just you know lining up and so there's like it's twofold it's like there's more there is a reason to be more scared but then there's like i i think that there's so much stimulus in a city that people's critical thinking goes down yeah and i know like my brother-in-law he's right right across the the way in santa cruz and you know they've they go, they've been to the city, like up to San Francisco and then back. And he's just like, it's night and day, you know, everything's so chill in Santa Cruz though. Like, I just spent the weekend there. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of beautiful. <laughs> yeah. So he, he loves it there. I mean, it's like, it's the one place he found in this country that he's not the most chill person. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. hard to believe. Yeah. It's hard to believe. Yeah. Super chill there. After spending the weekend there, I, started thinking about I was like oh maybe I should look for a spot up there 
Yeah. So you're like, going to settle down somewhere? I I mean, I can't go anywhere. Like, I can't travel. Like, might as well, like, settle in somewhere. I don't know. I, I still find myself <laughs> bouncing around, even though the, the area in which I bounce around is smaller. I think it's it's interesting, too, the idea when you, like, getting back to the critical thinking part, because I feel, or what I, what I notice off of what you're putting out there is trying to amass critical thinkers in aligning critical thinkers for the future. And, and, and I also imagine that it goes hand in hand with, I mean, we heard before that your whole mission was to heal the fitness industry, which I, I don't know if that's progressed. Like I'm sh- unsure if that's progressed or not. Um, and it, it, it be really interesting to hear where, where you're taking that and how you view critical thinking moving forward. Yeah. Um, it's, it has progressed. It's, um, I'm working on a document right now. So this, this whole COVID thing has become like very, uh, it's been very good for me and, and causing me to think through things more fully. I'm more, I'm more motivated than ever. Uh, you know, this has brought like a lot of like anger and depression. So I'll, I'll, uh, I start paying attention to what's going on in the world and I start finding myself getting angry and sad and, and then just like wondering if it's, it's worth it. And then, you know, and then getting caught up in that and indulging in that a little bit and then coming out and saying, you know what, there's, I'm, I'm focusing on the things I don't like. How do we focus on the things that we, what do we want to be different specifically like getting specific on what is that difference and looking at my own life. And I think it's like one thing I've really recognized is how much people don't understand health. And that's, what's creating a ton of the fear. Um, and also the outsourcing of decision-making around health. It's like, I don't know. Just, I just listen to, you know, WHO or CDC or, or Trump or who are the fuck like people that aren't really in touch with their own, their own bodies, their own health. So it's like, they just outsource it. So what I'm really recognizing is like, I knew there was a gap between myself and mainstream, but I'm really starting to recognize what exactly that gap is, how big it is and what type of information they they really need and how, how it can be consumed and how it can be digested. Cause, uh, yeah, there's just a ton of information. So one of the things I've been working on recently is putting together a document. It's more like it's 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 really a foundation for uh, to have a conversation from. And so I'm using uh, the the integral uh, a call a call model uh, is what it's called. I forget exactly what a AQAL stands for. But basically, whenever we're looking at, and I put it in the 90-day program, I, I referenced it in like week one or two of the 90-day program, which is we have to look at the inner me, the outer me. So the inner me is like thoughts, emotions, my inner world, my outer world, which is my physical body. Then the inner we, the inner collective, which is culture, language, uh, beliefs, values as a community. And then we have the outer we, which is economics, architecture, um, you know, the, the, the actual structures, the physical structures that are in place that 
you know, the roads, the how is our farming done, our water, like uh, all that kind of stuff. And so it's, if we're looking at health, I think a lot of times people are highly focused on the physical health, the inner, the, sorry, the outer me part, but they're not, they're not thinking about the inner me, which we've been working on uh, getting people more hip to that. And then, but the, the inner we and the outer we are having a huge impact on health. And that's something that I've gotten very, that, that's what I'm working on. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at health through an integral model, uh, that A call, that four quadrant model. And the, in an attempt to make sure we cover all the bases, you know, cover as many bases as we can in that conversation and in a way that's going to make sense to the average person. So, I mean, one of the big, are, are you targeting the average person with that conversation or are you looking at like a higher leverage point for that conversation to deliver that message? I'm not sure yet. So, I mean, really what, what I'm at, where I'm at right now is just building the foundation of the philosophy. So it's one of those things where I've been going through my life and I've been accumulating and I've been accumulating, like I keep upgrading my, my habits. I upgrade my thought processes. I upgrade my stuff constantly. And I forget that other people are not even interested in that. They're not, they're not doing that at all. There is no progression happening in people's health. And I've been in this progression for a long time and I've taken a lot of it for granted. You know, people are like, like when everyone started like really wanting vaccines, it was, it was shocking to me. I was like, I was like, I was like, huh? Uh, you know, like, like that was the solution, you know? And, and it was really like, it's one of those things where, and that was one of the things that pissed me off. I was like, why is everyone so focused on this? Like there's, that's going to take at least 18 months. And there's a million other things you can do. That's going to make your immune system really robust to where like, I'm not even interested. Like, it was funny because I'm like, I'm not even interested in the vaccine. It's like not interesting to me. Like, what is interesting to me is making sure that my my system is very robust, very strong, have a lot of uh, immunological momentum so that when I am exposed, I don't think I'm not going to get exposed. I believe I will get exposed. When I'm exposed, my system will be able to handle it well. And I won't have to put any weird shit in my body. I mean, we're always being exposed to weird shit, but yeah, to, to make, you know, put another man-made thing in me to solve this problem doesn't sound like the best idea. And, you know, is that thing man-made in the first place? I don't know. It seems like more and more people are believing that's true. Okay. Hmm. I, I don't have an opinion on it, but I am paying attention to what the general consensus is. And it seems like more and more people are gravitating towards that, that belief. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, do you feel like that's a, almost like a systematic brainwashing of just us in general, because we've, we've grown up and, you know, we're in a constant bombardment of things where, you know, this is best for you. This is best for you. Nobody wants to take the time to actually look into anything. We just believe what we hear because if it's on TV, it must be true. Right. Yeah. And if we actually had to take responsibility for ourselves, that might actually be scary. I think it is scary. I mean, I mean what we got to look at, um, and this is something that's frustrated me for a long time, is there's a very, to me, it's very obvious why people uh, don't take responsibility for themselves. 
um, and why uh, there, there's this authority thing. I mean, the, the brainwashing is the belief that there's authority over us. Um, that's the core brainwashing thing is we can't have the, there's, there's this collapse distinction that's happening. Um, it's been happening for centuries or millennia. And that is that you can't have organization without authority. Right. And we see, we see, uh, organization happening without authority all the time, but the ultimate, uh, organization authority, uh, in the minds of most humans is, is government. And, you know, they're the only ones that have uh, a monopoly on violence. So they're the only ones that say, if you don't organize in the way in which we dictate, we will send somebody out in a uniform, uh, you know, that is faceless in a way. That's what uniforms do is they, they create uh, inhumans and uh, we're going to then you know, put you in a cage, or if you resist the authority, uh, will eventually kill you. And so there is, you know, from, from childhood, I mean, I, I studied childhood development and that is, you know, your, the way you view the universe, uh, the way you view God, way you, uh, the way you perceive how the universe works is mostly given to you by your father. And it happens in, you know, the, the first, you know, we could say five, six, seven years of your life. And in that period of time, uh, your parents basically hand you off to a public school or even a private school who then has the authority. So dad has the authority and <laughs> that authority gets handed off to a public school. By the way, like school was basically the way it's worked now was, was can't, it can't, was come up with because... Um, I think it was the King of Prussia was trying to figure out a way to have the, uh, the, uh, the serfs, the, you know, the low, the, the people of low stature fight for them. Cause like, if I'm just a fucking farmer, why do I want to fight for the King? I don't give a shit. So they started, uh, something called school in order to, uh, uh, indoctrinate them into a nationalistic mindset. And so, that was the initial motivation for like the type of school system we have now. The Germans adopted it. And of course, uh, there were some American presidents back in the day that were big fans of what was happening in Germany uh, right before we rolled into World War I and World War II. So, um, so that we have like this whole school thing going on for another dozen years, at least at a minimum. And if you don't go to school, then that's also illegal. Um, and then uh, the authorities will come and get you uh, and to make sure that you're behaving the way you're supposed to. And then people just go to college because why not? Like, you know, it's just another, like, it's easier. It's easy to go to, I've already been in school for 12 years. The next easiest thing to do is to go to school. Like going out and get a job is actually the, the scary thing or going out on your own is the scary thing. Um, and then people go from college and expect to get they go into a corporate environment where there's another authority. And when I talk to people who have, have been down this path, they did school, university, corporate gig, the vision outside of that system is really limited. And, and for myself, I was homeschooled um, K through 12. I did go into the US Navy. So there was definitely, I was inside that system. I did go to university. So I, I, I the majority of my development was outside of it, the system though. So like I, 
have recognized over the years as I get into conversations with people, how much of a different view I have um, because of that. And so like, there are things that I, that just seem very obvious to me that I still have a hard time putting into words. It's like, it's like, it's just kind of weird. Like I see things and it's like, that's, that's strange that someone would just assume that you have to do it this way or whatever. And stepping out of the system is scary if you've never been outside of it before. So we have, when we talk about mainstream, the average person went to public school. Uh, they, they, a lot of them went to university. Uh, there's some type of government paid assistance along the way. So there's a little bit of teeth sucking going on. Um, and so, you know, when the government says this is how it is, people, people, the majority of people line up. And then if you want to fight that, then it, it gets really weird. It gets really, really weird. And so like, just at a core, like from a freedom perspective, this whole situation, I think that if people are not considering that part, then they are very susceptible to just anything. Like you're not really choosing anything. You're just whoever's in charge is the person who's choosing for you. And they're choosing for everybody, which means they're not choosing for anyone. Pretty heavy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's the, the construct that you've created just through the 90 day program. And, and um, oh, first of all, because I didn't mention this before, we're recording all of this and I'll chop it all up later. So cool. I'll, I'll, I'll do that um, because when I was on the horn with Mark England, I totally forgot to tell him. And I'm like, and when, the, when the conversation was done, he's like, we recording? I'm like, oh crap. <laughs> he's like, oh. he's like, it's like surprise. He's like, oh, I thought I was just getting to know you guys. Oh, this will be, I, I like this way of doing it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a free flow, you know, and it, like what you've created for the 90 day program. And even before that, you know, um, when I was in Toronto at the Barbell Business Summit, it was just interesting to see your evolution from point A to point B. How do you go about completely changing and switching or is it just like you have a system that you put together to notice the biggest outlier to then know where to where to change or knowing how to change uh yeah so when i started when i started the strong coach and we started developing the 90-day program i really had no intention of, of uh teaching business <laughs> so which is which is really funny because when I was doing barbell business, it was all business, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, I took a break from that and for a few years. And when the strong coach, I'd say, it, actually, it wasn't that long. <laughs> it felt like a long time. <laughs> it, was, it was about a year. It was about a year. Uh, but I felt like I hadn't developed anything new in a few years. So I was going through a lot of personal growth and I was realizing what were the, what were actually the highest leverage points. Um, and I realized where I had made a ton of mistakes in business myself and it had nothing to do with a lack of understanding of how marketing worked um, or a lack of understanding how money worked or like from a, from a technical perspective. And uh, I had been in studying marketing and, and money and all this stuff for so long that those were like 
it was just easy for me. But the thing that caused me to fail, the thing that caused mistakes was my relationship to myself and my relationship to other people. Um, and it was my perspective that I was holding at the time that was limiting my ability to have success. And when I say success, I don't just mean money. I mean, happiness, freedom. Um, you know, I remember making the most money I had ever made. I remember having, I think we were making, fuck, I don't know, like in a, we had made like three or $400,000 in a month. And I was, uh, I was just miserable. And, uh, like I was, I was like one of the most, it was like my most miserable, like the most amount of money I'd ever made. I was also the most miserable in my personal life. And the, the way we got to make that money, I had made a series of, um, exceptions, uh, to my own values. And, but I didn't know it. Like it was one of those things It was one of those blind spots. You know, if anyone ever wakes up one day and goes, I fucking hate my life. Um, it's normally because they've crossed their own boundaries and they didn't even know those boundaries were there. You know, do you mind sharing some of those like aha moments? Um, I remember, I remember just feeling worse and worse and worse. I was, I had created a business partnership in barbell business and that's how we're delivering some software. We're working with a software company and I, I was like, I was who I was partnered with, we, sh we had different values and, uh, and not that his, you know, one person's values are better than another's. They were just different. And so I ended up, you know, uh, giving away power in the business to this person, you know, little by little, it was just like, Oh yeah, why don't you handle that now? And then the way he would do it, I was like, that is not how I would do it, but you know what? Let's, let's just, I'll let that one slide and then I'll, we'll keep moving. And then like one day I woke up and I'm like, fuck, I, I gave away like 20 things, you know, and every, and it was just 20 little things. And it wasn't, it, it'd be really hard to point out. It was like, that's messed up. It was more of like, I woke up one day and I go, wow, I, this is, I don't even feel like this is my business anymore. I don't, nothing. Our ability to serve the client was diminishing our ability to, the focus was, more on moving money around intelligently, which is great, uh, and less focus on making the product better for the client. So, like to me, it's like if you don't if you don't serve the client in a way that uh, they they have to get amazing results. And if your clients aren't getting amazing results, I don't good, how, care how good your marketing is and all that. It's just going to collapse at some point. And so I, I saw myself going down a road where I was part of it was um, the part of the intent of the partnership was for me to fall more into an influencer role and more of just the marketing and being hands off on product. Mm -hmm. And uh, that would have been fine. I'm actually in a similar position now. Um, that would have been fine uh, had our values been aligned, you know? Mm. And so like this other guy's idea of what product improvement would be was how do we make it cheaper for us and create a larger margin? Whereas my idea of product improvement is how do we create just such fucking fantastic results that no matter what we charge, it's going to be worth it type of thing. Right. And so, um, 
and both are good views to have, but if you go all the way into one or the other, you're in trouble. Uh, so is that, that outsourcing deal like with the idea of, you know, when we talked about earlier about outsourcing America outsourcing, mm -hmm. and then that version of when you outsourced towards like what you gave up, like how, how does that coincide um, for like a global versus a, like a personal perspective yeah. for you? Yeah, I think it's very much the same. It's very much the same. I was very hands off. Um, and so, uh, you know, at some point I just had to put my foot down, you know, mm -hmm. and what caused, what caused the, what caused me to have like the, going from the best month in business to the very next month, having the worst month in business, uh, was me, was me canceling, you know, a merger and saying, I'm not merging. And then legal battles ensuing after that. And, wow. and, uh, a lot of, uh, like receiving cyber attacks and cause I'm working, it was, it got really weird. It got really, really, wow, that sounds awful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, and, uh, and here's the thing I, I want to put this out there is that whole situation has to do with somebody that nobody knows. Like this is not anyone who's working in, in the space that is well known or active or anything like that. So like if someone is like, Oh, is he talking about so-and-so I'm probably yeah. not talking about anyone that anyone thinks they know. Um, so, uh, we just, um, yeah. So a lot of that is like, I put my foot down and said, this isn't going to work. And I know that I'm kissing away, kissing a lot of money goodbye. And you know what? It's not worth it. You know, it's not worth my well being. It's not worth my happiness, all this stuff. And yeah, I think, I think that most people, most people are, you know, they're eating certain foods and they don't want to know where it came from or how it was raised or um, they, they'd rather just be naive. They'd rather just, and it's really um, an ignorance of, of reality. Most people don't want to be in touch with reality. Um, and, you know, uh, I was out of touch with reality in the business. And one day I woke up and I, and I was so sick to my stomach over it. I had to get in touch with it. And mm -hmm. so I think that that's just how most people live their life. You know, they, they work a job, they get a 401k through the job they have or whatever. And they uh, just put money away. And one day I'll get to retire and I don't, you know, they outsource wealth, they outsource uh, retirement, they outsource this. They don't want to think of it. They ignore it. It's an, it, we have a whole society full of, of ignorance. And when I say ignorance, I don't mean that the information is not there and they don't know. What I mean is they are ignoring mm -hmm. the information that is in plain sight. We have, the information is available at our fingertips uh, at all times, if you want to look. But by not looking means you are ignoring information. So when, when negative repercussions come knock at your door, it is your fault. Yeah. People want to say that's not my fault. It's like, no, no, no. Because you ignored it, it is now your fault. And people are, I, I used to try to get people a benefit of a doubt, but the more I'm getting in touch with reality, the more I realize pe people are generally lazy. Um, and uh, they would, they don't want to do hard things. And they, they put off, you know, I don't want to feel pain. I mean, you guys know this is like, 
It's like, oh, I got this pain in my shoulder. I got this pain in my back. <clears throat> so now I'm just going to get like, I'm going to figure out how to avoid the pain, right? Mm. I don't want to feel this. So I'm going to wear these shoes. I'm going to sleep on this thing. I'm going to do this. And it's all about avoiding the pain, but not actually dealing with what's causing the pain. No one wants to deal with that, right? Yeah. And so this is what's happening in society as well, which is like, I don't want to deal with the pain. How can I tune it out? And then one day, what's, what happens if you ignore the pain long enough? It gets bad. It gets really, really bad. bad. Well, I, think it's, I think it's sensation in general. I think a lot of, you know, when you talk about reality, like one of the things that I found to be one of the most potent pieces of the 90 day program was the idea to step back and reframe your reality based upon the, the processes that you lay down um, and continue to revamp. Now, where that goes, it's, you, you can see how that construct becomes one of either numbing or awareness. And a lot of what people are experiencing seems to be this either hyper stimulation, which numbs through dopamine, like dopamine fixations, or it becomes, um, I'm either going to get drunk or high or whatever to then numb that way, you know, instead of okay, what is happening around me? What are, what are we noticing? And then from there, what, what do I see as actually happening and forming that reality? And, and yeah. I, see that, I see that a lot, you know, and it's, it's interesting how you actually set up a framework to reframe that because it's the first time that, that I've ever done that type of work. Mm. You know? Okay. So, and yeah. it's been big. Been really big. It's been big for both of us. Yeah, I'm like I'm speaking for you now, right? Well, you do all the time. <laughs> he does all the time anyway. Well, you know what? Uh, that, that's I'm I'm happy to hear that 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 particular module where we approach that reality conversation is uh, was it's a challenge to put together something that's actually going to land. Um, and I've been in that conversation for a few years where it's, you know the first time it landed, I was like, whoa. And then, uh, you know, like, like there's just more levels and levels to that conversation. And I w I've been learning from this uh, new person lately and he laid it out in a way where I'm like, I'm going to actually, I'm going to, I can explain it better now. So I'm going to go back and redo that module. Uh, cool. Which is, Look forward to it. It'll be, there'll be some additions. It'll be nice. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. I've, I've, I, was, I was just going to say, I just felt like, you know, my first instinct was like, Oh shit. Like a hip hop like, brick. Yeah. I was like, Oh man, like I don't, you know, your first instinct is to really run away, you know, because that's, that's what your, your mind just wants to do. And so going through that whole process and like actually having to look yourself in the mirror and really, you know, Hey man, like you're, you're a product of the situation you put yourself in, yeah. you know? And that was pretty powerful stuff. And I know like for us, it was like, Holy crap. I mean, it brought even our relationship to a whole new level, like being able to have serious conversations with each other that, necessary. you know, we should have had a long time ago, but mm -hmm. you know, you just put off or, Oh, it's not that big a deal. You just brush it off. Like, eh, you know, business as usual. Yeah. It'll know? change or yeah. it won't. And we're still cool. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, you know, uh, I like looking at just the result, you know, people, people love, I was hanging out with a friend of mine this past weekend. We, we uh, had a ga small gathering and uh, responsible. <laughs> 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 
and uh, <laughs> and you know, I was, you know, the guy who, when I look at his life as a whole, you know, he's got, you know, this amazing property. He's got this amazing, his work is amazing. His family is amazing. Like just like every part of his life. I'm just like, fuck dude, you nailed it. Like you're, and uh, I was uh, talking uh, to my girlfriend and I was like, I was like, this is the kind of guy you want to learn from. And she's, she's like, yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like, she's like, what is it? I was like, all I have to see is the result. Like this is, he created this result. You know, I'm standing here in the yard and this is the result of the choices he's made and his approach to life and all that kind of stuff. That's all I got to know. I've got questions, you know, for him because of the results. And that's what we got to look at in our lives is like people make excuses for the results they get and, you know, and they hold other people to a much higher standard than they hold themselves. And that's a real quick way to find out if somebody's out of touch with reality is if they have reasons why they don't have the result in which they intended to have. I wanted this result and it didn't happen. Well, there was like, and they, it, the moment excuses come out, I go, you're living in a fucking fantasy. You're in fantasy land the moment you start talking about uh, uh, excuses because the only thing that matters is the result, you know? Uh, yeah, we can set intentions and we can do all that and that's great, but, um, uh, and it's okay to, you know, fail, which is, you know, really just learning lessons. It's not like there's nothing wrong with not getting the result that you intended to get, but if you start making excuses for not make, hitting that result, now you're in a fantasy and that's a problem. And that's where most people are at. Like, that's another thing I really recognized as this whole COVID thing hit is just the level of fantasy that people want to escape to and what they start putting importance on and putting their attention on. And it's like, it's shit that doesn't even exist. It's not real. It's made up. Uh, and it's a distraction. I mean, we got some people who, like you were saying earlier, Keith is like, you have some people who, are you know trying to avoid information there's other people like like dopamine versus maybe like some people are like way too on the serotonin side it's like everything's good everything's good <laughs> you have like the dopamine side which is like nothing's good enough like and people are like <laughs> going way down conspiracy theory rabbit holes i love the conspiracy theory stuff it's very entertaining but uh you know you have people who have a like really fantastical ideas about the conspiracies that are going on and there's you know there's evidence for the things that are being pointed at but there's no evidence for the story that's getting told right it's like oh this this and this i connected these dots and it means that i'm like maybe but probably not like it's rarely what we think it is and yeah. so like on one end you have people who are just being sheep it's like fuck it i'll just do what i'm told and on the other end you have people with these really fantastic ideas of what's going on and I've actually met very few people who have sat down and they've thought about it. And they go, this is what's real. And these are all the stories. And, mm -hmm. and going, okay, let's talk about what's real. And so, uh, you know, I was talking to one friend this past weekend. And it was so refreshing. Because it was like, yeah, some people over there are like, oh, we should all be doing this. Like, you had the sheep conversation over here. I had the conspiracy theorists. But here we were in the middle going, you know, this is just what 
what it is and this is what we need to watch out for and this is how we can take care of ourselves and and so on and so forth and it was just it was really really nice and it really even in a group of people who are like very successful i'm in a group where there's a lot of success and in business and personal lives too and i'm hanging out with people and it's like wow even in this group there's only a handful you know, only 10% of that group is having a conversation where reality is. And I've even hmm. had those guys rein me in a bit. I'm like, hey, you guys are older. You've been seeing <laughs> more shit. Like, like, if I start being a little crazy, you know, rein me in a bit because I, I like to go there. Well, the checks and balances system must be awesome to have that type of circle. You know, we're, we're constantly evolving our circle so that we're, we're challenged and tested as well. You know, and, and I, I wouldn't want it any other, any other way, especially with how much, how much growth and change needs to happen, even like within our own community that we hope to facilitate in, in ourselves to lead, you know? And um, when, when you think about um, where, where you've taken um, Strong Coach, like literally, I, I think about the application towards um, the wellness industry rather than just, um, not to say just, just, fitness professionals, you right. know, it's primarily, um, MDs, nutritionists, uh, massage therapists. It was cool to, to think about, um, how you want to affect, um, veteran health as well with it. Um, can you go into some of the, the ideas of, um, how, how you believe coaching can be of value to each one of those industries? Cause I think, I think like overall, like you're, you're teaching, coaching and leadership skills really and right. of self-reflection in in to be able to do that yeah yeah so there's i mean first off the self-reflection piece you can only take people as far as you've gone yourself uh, especially when it comes to what's happening in the inner world you know having different frameworks uh different points of view perspectives all that kind of stuff uh and so uh, for anyone who, whether they're an MD, whether they're, you know, uh, a massage therapist or what, whatever it is, PT, whatever, um, I, I believe most people see like, oh, I'm, I'm a licensed this or I'm certified that or whatever. And there's a hyper focus on technical skill. And it's like, okay, I mean, and then in this, you know, I, I focus on fitness because I come on come from fitness you know it's that's my audience and it's easy to talk to um and i have intentions and we've had a couple mds come through our program and we've had some kairos we had you guys come through like there's there's um there is that coming through which is great and over time i i would love to broaden the marketing but i know that the smart thing to do is to, <laughs> is to smash a niche first like really nail that niche down before going to other verticals so but people can because what it comes down to is is it is leadership it's communication that was the intent of the strong coach in the beginning it was like i was watching trainers and i go i can help them you know they i can help them have a better conversation with their client which is going to get their client better result and going back to the beginning what's the highest leverage thing that we can do for our clients that they don't hear what we're saying or they don't feel heard and understood so they can actually hear what we have to say it doesn't i don't care how technically proficient you are what your knowledge base is as a practitioner your client is not going to get the benefit of your knowledge until they feel heard and understood and they're ready to listen and they 
and you can actually hear their problems. They're, you know, the mind is leading everything. You know, everything, everything is created in the mind before it has a physical manifestation. And so the hard way to do anything is to focus on the behavior or focus on the external result. The best, the easiest way is to focus on what is, what is in my way as a human being? What is, in what way am I thinking or not thinking that's getting in the way of my behavior? There's something I'm believing or I'm not believing that's causing me to behave this way. Well, if I can shift that belief or, a, or shift a way of thinking or introduce a new framework or get rid of a framework that is being an impediment to reaching my goals, we remove that and all, all of a sudden, a lot of behavior becomes automatic even. I, there's been so many times where I changed my thinking on something and then three months later, I realized that I've been doing this thing every day or, or I haven't eaten this thing for, for months of which I was eating pretty frequently or whatever. I go, oh, wow, yeah. I actually feel a lot better. That's weird. Have you guys had that experience? <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. <laughs> I mean, I think the craziest part, you know, for me was um, when we when we signed up to do, you know, the strong coach was literally two weeks, like before all this stuff hit, right? And we signed up, we're like all gung ho. And we, you know, initially, we're like, Oh, man, this is gonna really help like build our business. <laughs> and then we have no gym. <laughs> and then our business went down the toilet two weeks later. And we're kind of like, Oh, shit. That was a lot of money. Like, and we're two, like, we're two weeks in. So at this point, we're, we don't know what to really expect. Right. And that whole time, like, I don't know, it was probably the first month, like him and I had a conversation after one of our meetings. And like, I was like, dude, this is probably the best money we've ever spent. Like thinking that <laughs> thinking it was going to be something that like, oh man, this is going to show us how to do business. No, this is going to show us how to do us. This yeah. is going to show us how to be branded, how, how to, to be show key. up, you know, and yeah. that then reflects to how we then communicate with the clients that we have. And it was like, holy crap. Like it was like, it was crazy. I remember telling friends of ours, like, they're like, you dropped what right before this? And they're like, yeah, dude, I probably would have done twice as much. Like, I mean, it's really like it, we really feel like it benefited that us that much in a time that we weren't really working, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. like, and it was crazy. So, well, I, I mean, I, I just like, I wanted to say like, yeah. I just appreciate you putting this program together because it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. The timeliness was, yes. was, was interesting how it was just complete shutdown. And then I thought that before we done some like personal development style work, but I mean, it didn't even hold a candle towards what we went through, you know, and, and, and it really mattered a lot of, it just really hit home because we we're speaking like that common language, you know, coming from the fitness space, you know, we were former strength coaches getting into body work. And I realized that a majority of what we did was never really pivoting. It was primarily, okay, we got better at this thing and these people were seeing these results so we just should do this thing. And it was interesting because when you shared, you know, all of a sudden you had this boundary moment where you're like, oh, we're, we're doing really, really well. And it was the best that we'd done before shutdown, the best that I've ever done before shutdown. And then all of a sudden, my second to last call on the strong coach, I realized that I was doing the wrong thing. Like I did, I like, I completely was like, I don't fucking want to do this. Like, I don't want to do this. 
No, I want to completely change. You know, I want yeah. to completely shift what I want to do and how I want to do it because I want to show up differently. Yeah. And, and it, it like hit me right in the middle of the call. I'm like, oh, here it comes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here it comes. So, and it probably led to one of the best conversations him and I have ever had like together. Yeah. And we've been, I mean, honestly, inseparable for 11 years. So the fact that that like singular moment like really led to the best conversation him and I have like literally ever had yeah was a really cool moment like and it was hey man that was the strong coach like that was jared thanks jared yeah, <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. so <laughs> yeah it's awesome so what yeah, I'm, I'm curious to hear from you guys i'll ask you a question now what uh now flipping it <laughs> yeah well, you're so you started the strong coach and then so your your business had a hard time was this because of covid like what's the timing on this because i I've been looking at y'all's names and I, but I'm not tracking like when everything's starting and finishing and all that kind of stuff. Like what was, what hit that was so challenging? So we were, we kind of got to the point where we got, there's got, there's got to be a change made so that we take the business to the next level. Like we've been pretty, we've been consistent, but we've been consistently like stagnant, like for a while where, we do well enough, but it's not where we really want to be. And we got comfortable, like being kind of in this place. Right. And those were so few of practitioners that do what we do and of which is still evolving. I mean, it's really, really evolving right now where, where I thought exercise had pretty much tapered off. All of a sudden somebody opened my eyes to a whole nother another layer that just blew all this other stuff out of the water and makes other stuff just seem, you know, it doesn't, it, it seems pointless otherwise. Yeah. You know? yeah. So, so we got to that point and it's like, we gotta, we gotta do something. Right. And we looked at a couple different avenues and honestly, like, you know, he got, Keith got on a call first and you know, it was like, Holy shit. Like you need to get on a call and talk to these guys. Like there's just something different about this program than anything we've ever looked at. So I was like, okay, you know, like, I, I mean, he's my best friend. So I was like, shit, if he thinks it's great, I'll hop on a call. Like that call was supposed to be 30 minutes. It was like an hour and a half. Oh, right. And I was like, yeah, this is different. I don't know how, but it's different. Like there's something different <clears throat> about it. And so we were like, let's do it. Right. So we signed up, we paid like that first installment and literally less than two weeks later, our business was completely shut down. Like COVID was kind of being talked about at that point, but nothing like nobody was shut down. Nobody was like, most people didn't even really believe it existed. Yeah. And all of a sudden it's like that second, I think the second call we had was on a Wednesday. Our business was shut down on Friday. Yeah. Yeah. So we got signs. We got our, our parking signs. Yeah, we got our, our parking signs parking for our signs customers, like for nobody, <laughs> for nobody to come and park. So it, it was one of those moments too, where it was kind of like, um, if we wouldn't have been going through this program, it would have been very easy to just say, "Screw it, we're screwed." Like, yeah, well, they're not going to let us, you know, be in business. Authority has shut us down what are we going to do now? And kind of probably like moped around, you know, like been felt sorry for ourselves, like made excuses. Now, eventually I feel like, you know, I hope we would have pivoted and started doing, but like, I mean, I think it was like, we took the weekend 
And then all of a sudden it's like, what are we going to do? Like, and from that day on, it was basically let's build something that we can actually sustain ourselves. If we never have to, if we never open the doors again. And it felt felt like a moment out of a Michael Singer book, you know, (laughs) all of a sudden you're just kind of like, okay, this is what's, what, what needs to happen. Right. I, I, when I was introduced to the strong coach and I was looking it over, I finished up the vocabulary course and I knew to, I noticed how important language was becoming to me and how language was facilitating my reality and um, helping me become a better father, better husband, you know, those and better business partner. And I was like, wow, I was really, really messing up my language. And now I have this opportunity to change it. And then when I got on the phone with Daniel, um, he's like, oh, language is pretty important to you. Huh? And I'm, of course, I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes, it is. And, and then he, he said something that, that really stuck out in, in um, well, not only the idea of can you be coached, but then the idea of is it difficult for you to make your own decisions? You know, and I was thinking to myself, you know, I've been really relying on Brandon for a lot of my decisions. And I'm like, this is something we really need to do. Like, I know that this is something that we need to do. Like, tell me what you think of it instead of approaching it like, hey, what do you want, man? You know, and, and that really was a huge defining moment for me and in, in taking back like my responsibility for my actions, you know, so that that really, that really hit home. So, and I think the interesting part, like, I remember distinctly, like, normally if he would go through something, like he'd tell me every detail, right? Like, hey, you know, you're going to do this and it's going to be like this. And, you know, this is why it's so cool. And when I'd ask him, he was just like, just take the call. You know, like he wouldn't tell me, he wouldn't tell me shit. So I didn't know, like, I didn't know what to expect, like going into the call. I'm like, what the hell is this going to be? But I was actually, I was excited because I saw how excited he was about it, but he wouldn't tell me anything. I was like, dude, you suck. Like normally you're the one that like lets me in on all this stuff and you're not telling me anything. So no, it was good though. Nice. So you got, you guys shut down, had to shut down, but you're able to come build a business outside of a physical location. Is what it sounds like. It was the first time that we, that we pivoted towards, um, towards, we use the zoom platform in order to then actually hone in how we do things remotely so that normally what we would do physically with our hands, we can do about 95% visually now, which was the first time that we put together a process that we can, like I had a person with frozen shoulder and within a half an hour and then two days later, an hour, she had full mobility of her shoulder, you know? And I was like, holy crap, I, I didn't think that was, I, I was just enamored by how her progress was because she was unable to focus on herself and tell me how she felt. She was getting out of the numb mode of just someone showing this, like how to do this exercise and just going through the motions, which then opened my eyes to, oh, this is actually possible. So then we formulated an entire process and built it, which is another thing that I'm anxious to to hear about your build program. Um, We built it based upon the client interviews and making sure that the pieces of that puzzle was from listening like in, in just intently listening on what they were, everyone was gravitating towards without them having to even really say anything. They're just like, they're just latching on a piece or something was too long or something just need to be shifted slightly. It just really helped with my sensitivity to that. 
And so and it, that was, that was huge. That was absolutely huge. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So it, it's, it's been in a definitely, you know, something that's evolved and we're continuing to evolve it. And we want to, we, you know, we kind of got to that point too, where it's understanding that we need to take care of ourselves first. And I, I know that was a big thing for us. Like, you know, as being in this industry and being in it for a long time, it's like, you always put yourself last. And the first time, like you actually go through that module, like in the strong coach where it's like, no, 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 you put yourself first and then you start filling in from there. And that's, you know, when we reopened, that's exactly what we did. Like we put ourselves first and Hey, these are the times that we're going to a lot to give to our clients. These are the times that we're going to a lot to ourselves. These are the times that him and I are going to a lot to be able to be creative and do what we need to do. And quite honestly, it's like, it's funny because we got clients now that are like, man, I can't wait until things go back to normal. We're like, yeah, they're not going back to the way you thought. No. You know, like we're not going back that way. Yeah. You know? We're showing up differently. Yeah. You know, we're, we're able to really give 100% for each hour that we're there. And then monthly, you know, the biggest problem was they'd come in, people would come in, they'd have this stuff going on and we could affect them for an hour out of like 168 hours in a week. And now it's like we have an entire system so that they can have these touch points throughout the entire week to help people feel so much better about themselves and their bodies and what they're experiencing. And that's all because of listening. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And because we're not being overworked, you know, like we're actually yeah. able to spend more time like Imagine that. with each individual <laughs> client, right? It's like, instead of being just completely torched at the end of the day, it's yeah. like, we've got the ability to, you know, I have time now to be able to, you know, program out for clients and say, Hey, these are the things you need to be doing over the next week between now and the time I see you again, so that we can actually get a progression going here and you can feel better longer term. And it's been beneficial to us because we don't feel as, you know, worked as hard, but then the client feels like they're getting exponentially more value for, you know, what they're paying for. Um, and it's allowing us to create a process online that, you know, we're going to be able to then sell and, you know, like you said, exponentially grow because there's way more people online than there are ever going to be that can walk through our doors. Yeah. So, we have yeah. to solve a big problem. You know, it's like th there is a really huge gap that is supposed to be solved by therapy. And it's, it's really being, it's really being squandered because of that mentality of, well, is it covered by insurance? You know, and it's like, there's a lot of therapists that are just going through the motions because it's like, well, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to get paid for it. Yeah. So it's like, why would they put their best foot forward into the ring to help solve these problems? You know, and that's, that's a really, really big problem in the United States. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So we were not giving you a testimonial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need a copy of the recording. I need a copy. Of the <laughs> so t tell me about, um, and so we, since we basically almost highlighted build, <laughs> um, I'd imagine, right? I'd imagine. I, I haven't, I haven't checked it out yet. I'm really excited to go through and sit down and, and check it out since you, since you gifted it to the 90 day people, um, 90, 90 day program. Can you tell us about it? Yeah. So it was, it's one of the gifts of COVID. So, uh, <laughs> I, when COVID hit and I, I saw a lot of people panicking, um, I mean, I, I had moments myself where I'm like, I've never seen this shit before. And I go, wow, you know, uh, it's impacting everybody. And I noticed, I said, you know, everyone who's worked with us before 
I want to ensure that they're able to be successful through this time. And so I started holding, uh, I think for about two weeks, it was, it was daily zoom calls, uh, two weeks straight for an hour, like fill out, you know, tell me, tell me what you want to talk about, where you have concerns, uh, problems you need solutions for. And I spent the first two weeks and I, I was seeing like really common questions coming in and, um, and I was answering them and then I cut it back to once a week calls. But during that, for about two months, I was doing a lot of calls with people who had already been through the program. Plus we have our mastermind members who, you know, they did the 90 day program and they joined the mastermind and I, I was seeing trends and I go, okay, this is exactly what people are missing. And so, uh, you know, like I said, when I first started strong coach, I've done, this will be like, I've done like four iterations of the 90 day course in two years now and I keep upgrading it. I'm always making it better. And, you know, I led with, you know, leadership, communication, all that, a lot of personal development. And then the first time I was building it, I go, Oh, people need sales and marketing and money. And, and, you know, cause if they don't know this, then it doesn't matter. They're not going to have clients. So I built that in and then, I've been upgrading that over time, but yeah, build is really a solution to instead of me redoing the 90 day program to have more sales and marketing and how to build out like a beta program, uh, because the 90 day program is really built to caught to help you to be able to think as a business person. Mm -hmm. And how do I approach business and how do I, here's all these different types of business models you could do. And, it, and it, it's intended to help you be, creative and how you create your business and because there is no one size fits all but i started seeing a trend on how to develop the very step by step on how to develop to a point where you get to choose a different business model and then i was also recognizing where a majority of our students the model they were going into um which is actually very similar to the strong coach model it's like of course i'm going to teach and people are going to end up going the direction in which i went so i basically the build is basically is essentially it's not exactly how i did the strong coach but there the major pieces are is i walk you through on how to um how to develop a coaching program not just be a coach that charges per hour or whatever but how to how to sell 30 60 90 day programs something that evolves into a one-year relationship with clients and coaches how to develop that and how to get it to be informed by your clients. So it's easy to sell. So like most coaches have a great idea. This is, this is true of every entrepreneur. It's like, I got this great idea. I'm going to bring it to the market. People are going to love it. And we bring it to the market and nobody fucking wants it. You know, like even like, you know, our wives and girlfriends and husbands and, you know, like, eh, it seems kind of good. I guess, you know? What is he like, doing? <laughs> yeah. And we always have these great ideas and we got to sell them and like, oh, people are stupid. They don't understand what this could be, you know? And so it's really teaching people how to reverse engineers, like go to the people you want to help and ask them what their problems are. So it's really a, a process where the client or potential client informs you on how to build your product, how to build the program, how to service them. And that's going to change over time. And then how to build the marketing to where it speaks specifically to the type of client you want to work with. It's really the nuts and bolts of how to build uh, a coaching program that 
that'll make 10 grand a month. It's not everything, you know, it's, it's a $500 product. Uh, it's, it'll keep you busy for six to eight weeks. If, if you, if you do it, if you follow all the steps, which you should, you know, if a co if someone buys the product and they follow the steps to a T they'll, they'll be, they'll have that, that level of financial freedom where they go, okay, now I can, now I've got space. I don't have to work my corporate gig anymore. I'm not burning myself to the ground with work all the time. Now I can actually be objective and I can think things more clearly. So the idea is that product comes before the 90 day program for a lot of people because it's going to create the space for them that is going to, which is very exciting to me because if we can get someone, if someone can do the build program and then they come into the 90 day program where they already have a working coaching model that's in line with the style that we like to do already. Then they come in the 90 day. By the time they leave the 90 day, they're going to be doing really, really well. Mm -hmm. um, and then we can have, if they want to go even further and want to join the mastermind, that's cool too. So I'm excited because I know that by the build program existing, that by the time people finish the 90 day program, they're going to be even more successful. You know, mm -hmm. we, we've created success with the 90 day program on, on varying levels. But as far as financial and business success, the build program is gonna is gonna create a bigger runway. You know, someone starts doing that yeah. and they get in the 90 days. So they got more right now it's like 12 weeks, you know, 90 days. You guys have done it. It's it's 12 weeks and it's there's a lot to do. Oh yeah. It's still fast though. Yeah, it is. It goes and, fast. You know, what I feel like what you've done is you've created a lower barrier to entry. Like yeah. so you've made it very easy. For people to justify, you know, like, hey, you know, I can, I'm getting this program that will build enough money for me to be able to afford this next program. And now it's peanuts instead of being maybe a, a more daunting, you know, initial investment for somebody who maybe, you know, like is struggling a little bit and yeah. needs help. But, you know, it's like, man, that's a big chunk of change to, to need help, you mm -hmm. know. Um, and I think that could be a difficult thing for some people to you know, to do and being able to have a program now that actually makes you money to be able to pay for the next thing. That's a pretty ingenious yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you mad scientist. You. <laughs> <laughs> Having a runway is, is a big deal. It's a big deal for, for any, any relationship, you yeah. know, and it builds trust, you know, it's like, Hey, why don't you give me your email? You know, yeah. I'll send you free information. Mm -hmm. so that's one step of trust. It's like, oh, you want to spend a hundred bucks? Okay, all right. I tr you did. I gave you my email. You did a pretty good job with that. I'll give you a hundred bucks. <laughs> and my, you know, the way we operate is, if we can double the value. So if you spend five hundred bucks and you go, that was worth a thousand, then that's that's what we're aiming for. You know, is always delivering m much more value than what's worth. So when we start thinking about a five hundred dollar product we're actually talking about a thousand dollar product. You know, this is what's, that's what it's worth to people. Um, and then I gave it to my, my uh, director of marketing. when I built the program, I was like, all right, I got it. I put it together. Here's the video. She goes, that's a $2,000 product. I was like, Oh no, whatever. <laughs> just, just, just put it for 500. Well, how, how many people are on your team? Cause it sounds like you, you have a pretty, pretty good team like helping you in, in every different phase, I can only imagine that it's, you know, uh, like five, six, maybe up to 10 people, something like that. Yeah, we or... have 10. 
10 and then we have we have a few like uh like contractors on top of that that you know video editors i got someone shoots video someone edits uh you know all those don't count so i have 10 people who are dedicated to building the business and then i have Mm -hmm. probably like four other people four or five other people that we contract with and you know awesome and i have to know for for one last thing before we wrap up what's your morning (laughs) ritual look like now morning ritual oh it's nice uh so i wake up hit the bathroom of course now then i um drink i drink about 20 ounces of water i take um a product by bioptimizers called uh oh shit what's it called Cog- uh cogni biotics so it's probiotics for the gut to help create uh more it's like a nootropic but working from the gut mm. up instead of how most nootropics focus on the brain um it's also got some chinese herbs that are nice so i drink that um and then i also so I, I then do some light movement. I do some marching. I do some like spinal waves. I get my spine warmed up and then I do breath work. And so I do a lot of recently I've been doing more breath of fire to really warm up the diaphragm. And then I do, uh, are you guys familiar with Nolly? I've been really focusing on doing a lot of Nolly, which is basically, you've probably seen it before. You see the yogis do it where they can roll their belly from left to oh, right, uh... right to left. And yeah. so what I do is I'll exhale everything out and then I get, to, I've gotten to where I can, I, I, le- I decided to learn this. I've been introduced to that technique uh, quite a bit over the years, but when COVID hit, I go, I'm going to learn this. So I like had to learn a new skill. So I've gotten really good at like the, the mechanics with my belly, but basically give myself an organ massage in the morning from the inside out. And so uh, I do that. And then I drink a Organifi Greens drink with, and then I take um, Natural Stacks has a serotonin booster. So you can actually go on the Natural Stacks website and take a little test and it'll tell you which nootropic or which like support you need more. So like, mm. I don't need anything that helped me with my dopamine. Like I'm, I'm, I'm like a very <laughs> dopamine oriented individual. Like you don't say, <laughs> like, let's get some shit done, you know, <laughs> but my, like the best way to motivate me to keep me motivated is to boost my mood. And so I take like a serotonin supplement that's high in rhodiola and L-tryptophan. Basically the stuff, it, it helps stimulate more serotonin. So when I'm in a, more positive mood i get more shit done so i don't need like that drive like a lot of people are like i need more coffee to get going it's like you may not need more coffee you may just need to be in a better mood mm-hmm. and, and it can be a really simple adaptogenic herb that gets you there so hmm. um i take that and then uh, i do some i do the green string and then i do movement so i work out for like 30 45 minutes do a lot of kettlebells i do some of mike Salemi's stuff right now i'm really hmm. loving that um, and, um, and I do some stuff that like strength side has as well. So like I do like some flow type work, body weight, I do kettlebells and then I eat breakfast and I start my day and that's, that's how I like to do it. That's the morning routine. It takes about two hours. All right. Are you, are you a red lighter too? Mm-hmm. Like making sure that you're in front of the red light through what breath work or do you, do you prefer like doing, um, more than I'm like a lot of the research that I see is like around 15 minutes like in front of the red light yeah um 
I don't have a red light with me right now. So it's in my storage unit. I've been bouncing around. So the red light can be a little, little hard to uh, travel with, but when I'm in a single spot, which I'm working on that right now. Yeah, I, I do the morning routine with the red light on. Um, I'll, I'll keep it because I'm not right on top of it. Like, like you're saying, the research is be real, like six inches from it. What I do is I'll just keep it on for the two hours um, mm. and I'll wear just, you know, nothing or shorts. And um, if I feel like I haven't been getting a lot of red light exposure, I'll do eight minutes per side. So I'll get mm. right in front of it, butt naked, boom, boom. Uh, I started doing this thing before bed where I put my balls right on it basically like I, I lay on the floor and I prop it up I'm a few inches from my nuts I, I um I did notice a testosterone boost actually so did you do uh did you also were you practicing the tantric stuff while you were doing that not while I was doing that <laughs> well yeah I've been I've been studying tantra and uh yeah that's that's really good for energy cultivation and creativity as well um, as well as impressing women left and right. right. But, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to wrap this sucker up. Um, where can people find you? And um, yeah, where do you prefer? Yeah. So um, if you're a coach and you want to build your business, the strong uh, you can check out at the strong coach on Instagram. My personal Instagram is Mike underscore Bledsoe. Um, I also have an emotional resilience program called training camp for the soul. You can just go to training camp for the soul.com. You can find any of that stuff or, you know, I'm, I'm really open on Instagram. I, I answer most of my DMS. Uh, I say most because some people are just trolling me and I'll ignore them. But if you're legit, I'll, I'll talk to you. <laughs> and, uh, and I, I have the pod, you know, I podcast as well, the Bledsoe show. So yeah, but if you follow me on Instagram, you'll, you'll be able to find your way around. Awesome, man. Yeah, we are. We'll we'll fail to re to mention that we have your cell phone number plastered on the top of there too. <laughs> You're not texting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, man, thank you so much for being on the show and talking with us. Today. It means a lot, and your program, um, yeah, your your program works wonders, and we really appreciate it, man. Yeah, thank you, thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Bizbody. If you like the show and you want more, go to bizbody.net. Share it with your friends. Make sure that you rate and review the show so other people can find it. Next week, goal setting. You're going to really like this one. We appreciate all of you for listening to the show. And until next time. <laughs>